Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and we are studying the book of Galatians here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. If you're anywhere in this area uh, on Friday mornings and you can get away, we'd love to have you here with us. If not, just uh, uh, tune in on our website, The Crossway Church, or my Facebook page, Pastor Curtis, or my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and you'll find us there live and the messages will be archived at the YouTube channel for later. And uh, we're just going to uh, uh, jump right in here in just a minute. I just uh, uh, want to tell you how grateful I am to be able to gather uh, every Friday morning with a few folks to study the Bible. It's, there's nothing like it in all the world uh, to have God's Word, to be learning God's Word, walking in the truth of God's Word, and uh, experiencing the benefits of what Jesus did at Calvary. So I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for you and all of you who do more than watch. You share on social media. You don't just like it. You share it so many others can see it. I have about 3,600 Facebook friends. Well, uh, if you have that many or half that many or more than that, when you share it and then they share it, then we're getting the Word of God out. And so I encourage you to help us do that. And uh, we also have a, a Romans teaching on my YouTube channel. So avail yourself to that. And uh, we'll jump right in this morning. Ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you this morning for uh, allowing us to be here to study your word. To Lord, to give us the insight that you give us, the revelation of Christ. I pray for, Lord, you to give us today that bread that we desperately need uh, Lord, just to show us what it is you would have us see today and, and, and learn today and, and be able to walk in, in a learning, with a learning experience. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, I believe last uh, week we left off in Galatians 3.25. Uh, so there we will try to jump right in uh, today. Uh, and the Bible says in verse 25, But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. And uh, I've got that highlighted in my Bible, those two words, that faith. Not just that faith should come, but that faith. It's the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. The same faith that took Jesus to the cross by the grace of God. He lived by through faith. And uh, it's the same faith that you and I, it's the same faith that has come to us so that we might be saved and no longer under a schoolmaster, no longer under the law. And I'm thankful for that. And that's really the whole purpose of this letter to the Galatian church is, is that they would not be persuaded to go back under the law, under uh, that which man mainly tries to get us to, to think we have to do to be saved. Even the things that are written in the Word of God, the spiritual discipline, the Christian disciplines, we can't do any of those things to be saved. We can't do any of those things to find victory. We find our salvation and our victory and all provision through Christ and what He did at Calvary, not what we do. See, it's only through the cross does the righteousness of God come. And I know a lot of Christians hear that all the time now. And they say, well, I'm already righteous. Yeah, but you have to bear righteous fruit. And even the fruit of righteousness, the path of righteousness, it's only available as we keep our faith in the cross. 
and Galatians 5 and 21 teaches that. If, you know, if, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And righteousness doesn't come through the law, it comes through the death of Christ by the grace of God. And, and uh, Paul here reveals that uh, when the faith, that faith came, that we no longer needed this schoolmaster. We were no longer under a law. And, and, he, and he begins to show us how under the law we were like children. We were like adolescents under restraints and restrictions and regulations, and we couldn't even perform those. But now we've become uh, of age. We're, it's like a maturing. We're sons and daughters, no longer adolescents. We've, we're no longer just servants, but we're sons and daughters of God. We're, we're, uh, we're no longer adolescents, but we're, we, we're the mature sons and the daughters of God. And for a man to go back under law is about like a, a grown man to go back out on the street today and start sucking his thumb. I mean, think about that. Uh, and, and, and I know a lot of Christians are, and, and we are in a reformation, and a lot of Christians are hearing the preaching of the cross, the preaching of God's Word in its righteous context, and they're beginning to see uh, most will reject, and, and just like the religious people of Israel in Jesus' day, they will do that. Jesus said they would. But there will be a few who grab the hold of this. They will believe God's Word in its correct context, which is the righteousness of God. And all, and you know, this is so alive in me now that uh, the Scripture that the Lord gave me of several weeks ago, Proverbs 8 and 8, tells us that all the words of His mouth are in righteousness. Every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness. That means all the Word of God is in a righteous context. And it's so serious with the Lord that all who hold His Word, His truth, in an unrighteous context, He is opposing them. Romans 1 and 18 tells us that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against those that hold His truth in an unrighteous manner. But don't forget also that the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God's Word, is only revealed to us in the Gospel. Romans 1, 16 and 18. It's only revealed to us in the gospel. So therefore, this is what the Lord is doing in this second reformation in the church. He's teaching us that before you can even look at the words on the page, you must look through the cross, through the blood. You must look into the gospel of Christ, for there is our righteousness found. So when we look through the cross, then when the words on the page are before us, we will understand by the Holy Spirit's teaching the righteousness of God's Word. Everybody good with that? I'm telling you, that in and of itself is powerful to me. That has taken over my, my life, my, my spiritual walk with the Lord, my understanding of the Word. And, and, and just everything, if I will know, and I have to believe it because it's God's Word. Every word He's ever spoken is in righteousness. Christ is the only one where I can find righteousness, and that being through the gospel, which is the message of the cross, what He did. That is our understanding of the Word. Without that, we will distort it. We will, we will, go, we will use it and go back under law with it, and it will be the letter that kills us instead of the Spirit that's given us life. Amen? That's just the way it works. It's simple. We've messed it up for hundreds and hundreds of years. And uh, even though we've had justification uh, by faith, the first great reformation 500 years ago with Martin Luther, uh, well, you know what's happening now? The church is learning how to walk in sanctification. But what had to come back? 
the truth of that, really that same truth 500 years ago. Because if you're not walking in your justification, you'll never experience sanctification. Amen. And when Peter, when Peter jumped up and ran to the other side of the room to be with the legalizers and the lawgivers again, you can read this in Galatians chapter 2. We already studied this. Well, Paul didn't stand up and begin to preach to him sanctification. He stood up and began to preach to Peter justification again. Because if you forget that, you can't, you will go wrong. You will join the ranks of the legalizers. If you forget that you're only justified by faith in the cross, because there's where the righteousness of God comes to you for the initial status of being righteous and the path to walk on, to be led by the Spirit on, to bear forth His fruits of righteousness. If it's not the cross, it's law. And the Lord doesn't serve us under law. Because he's not a servant of sin. And that's all those under law are serving is sin. So, and I want to bring this out today. Romans 3.19. Very powerful to me. I put it on Facebook this week. And and uh, that's I preach on Facebook, if you don't know. I have Curtis Hutchinson and I have Pastor Curtis. Uh, Pastor Curtis, my Pastor Curtis page is where the services are broadcast live and 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 they're archived on there as well and I don't but I don't say very much on there but I do on my Curtis Hutchinson page preach on there uh, a few times a day as the Lord just lays something on my heart I'll just share it and uh, like we should be sharing the bread of life amen but I want us to look at this today because uh in Romans 3:19 the Lord tells us something very profound very awesome if we will grab a hold of it and know that law is not just the 10 commandments but the law is anything you think you have to do to be saved anything you think you have to do to be sanctified with the Lord but I want us to see this today and I put this scripture in this study of Galatians because again the study and the letter to the Galatian church is a letter trying to get them back from being drawn under the law. The Judaizers, they're everywhere today, not just back then. To, then it was circumcision and the law of Moses. Today it's the purpose driven, the, the government of twelve, water baptism. Anything that you, and, 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 and water baptism is a good thing. It's what we do to show that we've been born again. Amen. It doesn't save us. It can't save us. And we'll see that in the Word today. We'll prove that with the Scriptures here in a few minutes. But uh, if you think about water baptism, you, what does it do? It's an outward type and, and, and show of what's already happened. And when you go down into the water, it represents you having died and been buried in a grave. And then when you come up, Notice this, not only does it speak of resurrection power, but it speaks of resurrection power by another arm reaching in and bringing you up. See, you ain't never... Listen, water baptism is about uh, somebody else baptizing somebody else. When they go down into the water, most time I've seen this. They just go down. Somebody else is bringing them up out of the water. Well, that even that part speaks of what's already happened. We've been crucified with Christ. We've been buried with Him. Amen. We've been resurrected with Him. 
Because the arm of the Lord has done this and not us. So Romans 3.19 says this, and, and I just, man, I just can't get over this. This is powerful. Now, we know, everybody say, we know. That means everybody don't know. But those who follow Paul's teaching where their focus is the cross... Those who say, I've determined not to listen or to know anything else. I, I only, my boast is only in the cross. I, all these programs, schemes, and activities of men, thank God I've been delivered from all that law, and I've been brought back to the cross, which is, I've been brought back to grace. Hallelujah. So, Romans 3.19 says, Now we know that what things soever the law says, it says to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Now, notice here in this one verse that the law and guilt are together. If you're under the law, you're living in a place of condemnation. Even if you have been born again, you've been saved, you're on your way to heaven when you die. But you can go back under law just like Peter did in Galatians 2. And many in the church of Galatia were doing it. And many since the church has been established has done it. And most of all the church today is under law. Because they've taken their faith out of the cross and they put it in some book they read, some three things they have to do. That's law. That's regulation. That's restraint. That's restrictions. That's, that's things I must do to find the power of God for salvation, deliverance, or whatever. It's all law. And listen, we're not under law. We're under grace. But we can go back under law. And the law, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 tells us that the law is a ministry of condemnation and death. Hallelujah. Thank you. Condemnation and death. But we are no longer under the law. We're under grace. We're enabled New Testament ministers of the Spirit and of righteousness. Think about that. I don't want to get into that today, but I, I want to get back my focus here uh, the law and guilt go together. That's condemnation only happens under law. It doesn't happen under grace. There's not, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. Why did the Bible have to say that? Because those that walk after the flesh, the flesh is walked after under law. Uh -huh. But those who walk after the Spirit, that means those who are led by the Spirit. Galatians 5.18 says those that be led of the Spirit are not under law. If you're led of the Spirit, you're not under law. And think about this. Just imagine someone, because someone sent me a, a, a video to watch the other day, of a man who, who it wasn't a video, it was a, a, a writing, and I was, I was reading it, and man, he had got saved, he said, and, and then he met a preacher, and the preacher began to minister to him about being baptized only in the name of Jesus, and, and all this, these schemes, and that if you haven't been baptized in water in the name of Jesus, you're really not born again. And what he's saying is, if you have hadn't done something, you're not born again. And he uses Scripture in a lawful manner that kills. Mm -hmm. Because Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, not by any works of righteousness that we have done. Amen. Amen. I don't care if it's Bible reading, water baptism, you can't save yourself. And it's either the cross or something you do. 
And, if it's, and people who say, well, yeah, the cross, but they're under law. Well, yeah, the cross, but, but you also have to... No, you're under law. You're under law. And the reason these people are out there teaching that, and I want you to get this this morning, the re, and we need, to be, we need to know this. We don't ever need to forget this. I'm amazed at how many people send me messages and call me and, and, and ask me questions in person all the time. Well, what do you think about this? You know... We, I don't know why we give it a second thought. Because of Romans 3.19, if somebody's telling you you have to do something to be saved other than believe in Christ, it's because the law is speaking to them. Don't let the law speak to you through anybody. Just because the law is speaking to him, don't let the law speak to you through them. Even if it's husband, wife, mama, son, daughter, any preacher you've loved for 40 years, if he's speaking law, it's because he's under it and the law is ministering to him and trying to minister through him to you. And I ain't listening to the law because it can't speak to me. I'm under grace. Look at it. We know. Not everybody but we know, those who follow the writings of Paul, those who are not under law but under grace, we know, I'm going to say that again, we know that what thing soever the law is saying, it's saying to them who are under the law. So anybody that writes an article, I don't care if they, if they I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's me. If we start telling people what they have to do to be saved, sanctified, delivered, have the provision of God, the strength of God, other than believe in what Christ did at Calvary, it's because we're under law and the law is speaking to and through me. Amen. We're either preaching the cross, which brings grace and all the provision of God, or we're preaching law. And that's it. There is no other... There's only two options. Law or grace. Works or faith in the cross. That's it. Because God... And let me say this again. I've already said it once. But what throws a lot of Christians off is that they're already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But they, But they don't really realize that they, the Lord's only going to lead them in a path of righteousness. And if, and if He's at work, the only way it can be fruit that magnifies Jesus and glorifies God is if it's fruits of righteousness. And, and righteousness doesn't come by works, by law. It comes by the death of Jesus. Galatians 5.21 I got a Bible. Glory to God. So, Never forget Romans 3.19. If somebody's telling you you have to do a work of any kind to be saved, it's, that's, they're under law. Law speaks to them while they're bound under it. And it's just the law trying to speak through them to you. And now I'm, I'm going to be real blunt, and I'm not trying to be ugly, but we're talking about 99.9% of all ministers in pulpits today. They do it in ignorance. They don't know they're doing it. But the Bible says God does not wink at ignorance, but commands men everywhere to repent. I, we've known lots of ministers through the years, but have any of them called me to stay in contact with me? And they know what I'm preaching. They're on Facebook, but they don't want to have anything to do with me. 
Because they're not willing to, to get to that place like Paul, where it would take faith in the cross to get to this place, where you get to this place say, you know, I count all that dung. I, I don't care about all that now. I'm just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm counting all that loss and dung. I just want to know Christ. And, and it can't happen except through faith in the cross. So all those ministers that don't want to have anything to do with the cross-eyed preachers, it's because they're not preaching New Testament ministry messages. Amen. So, we're no longer under the law, therefore it does not speak to us unless we allow false doctrine to take us back there. Again, here we see that under law, all are guilty before God. We saw that in Romans chapter 3.19. Guilt and law comes with it. Anybody preaching law, which is water baptism for salvation, and I know they use Mark 16.16 that says, now notice what Mark 16.16 says. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be condemned. But it does not say, he that is baptized not shall be condemned. And here's what you have to know. Why would Paul just blast circumcision? It ain't in it. Circumcision, Paul would say in Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 16, I think, or 6, he'd say circumcision ain't going to profit you nothing. That's what he said. Circumcision ain't going to profit you nothing. But it's faith that works by love that's going to work in your life. That's what he said. So why would Paul throw out circumcision? Well, because it's law. It's under law. But well, why would he jump right in another boat of law? Why would he throw out circumcision, uh, an outward rite, and bring in another outward rite of baptism? He wouldn't. Because we're not saved by anything we do. Amen. See, that's what law is, you doing. Grace is Jesus did. Law is you do. Grace is Jesus did. And so they take scriptures, and they're not New Testament ministers, because New Testament ministers, uh, the legitimacy of New Testament ministry is that it's of the Spirit, and it's of righteousness, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And righteousness only comes by means of the death of Jesus. Amen. Somebody said glory this morning. I'm feeling better. The Lord's touching my body. I can feel Him right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I was in awful pain this morning when we started. I was just right on the verge of saying I love you, but I got to go. But I believe the Lord just helped me just press on through this this morning, for I know the devil don't want none of this talked about anyway. We're going to talk about it. If we're talking about it laying in our bed, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Mm, now, now, let me read this again, verse 25 in Galatians 3. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Verse 26 says, because you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, here's something else we need to touch on as we move through this. The world, and I even hear some Christians make the comment that, well, we're just all the children of God. No, this is a letter to the church. This is a letter to the church, and the church is the children of God, are the children of God. Nobody else is the children of God. And, and the Holy Spirit, in His wisdom, narrows this down, places the specifics here. 
to show us who the children of God are. And you see it in your Bible. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. The world is not, they are not children of God. They are the creation of God. But everybody's not a child of God. The children of God are those who by faith in Christ Jesus have been born again. Born, get it? Born, you've become a child, born again, child of God. You were dead in your sins, child of the devil. But now you've been born again, no longer a son of Adam, a son of the devil. You're a son of Almighty God, a daughter of Almighty God. Amen. But it's by your faith in Christ, not just because you're on the planet, not just because you visit a church, because you read the Bible. It's very specific. You are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And that, when you see the word in Christ Jesus, that speaks of the cross. And we'll prove it with the next verse. For as many of you... Now, now notice this, and let's do a little uh, a gold nugget sharing here. Our folks know it at Crossway Church, and maybe you watching don't know this, but every time a verse of Scripture, uh, I would say almost every time, if not every time, when, the, when a Bible verse starts with the letters F-O-R, the word for, it means because. So you need to back up and read it all again, Because he's just talking here, this, this, because this, because of this. And that's what he's doing here. Watch this now. Verse 25, But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, because you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Because as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Think about that. Now, to confirm that, what we're talking about, what I mentioned, you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And how every time you see in the Bible, in, those two little letters, I-N, in Christ Jesus, in Him, it speaks of the cross. Because at the cross, not on your tractor out in the middle of a pasture, not behind your barn, driving your car, at a church altar, wherever it is you were born again, praise God for that moment. Hallelujah to the Lamb forever and forever. But in the plan and the eyes of God, you were taken by the Holy Spirit and immersed into the death of Jesus. To get into Christ, you had to be immersed into His death. And that's why Paul brings this in. It all flows together so wonderfully. Why wouldn't it? It's the Word of God. And when he says, "...for you are all the children of God by faith," In Christ Jesus, he's pointing back to the cross and he proves it with verse 27, because as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now let's look at Romans 6, 3 today. And, and, and Paul writes this scripture to the Roman church and he says, No, you're not. That means don't you know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his Death does not speak of water baptism there. If I'm going to buy a Romans commentary, if I'm going to buy some something someone writ, writ, wrote on Romans, well, that might have been good under King James. 
the writings. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find that commentary, I'm going to find that book, and I'm going to open it to Romans 6.3. If he's talking about water baptism, I'll put that back on the shelf and keep moving. Because he don't have a clue. If you think that you were baptized into Christ through water baptism, you're still under the law. You're under the law. When the Bible says the way we got into Christ, as many of us as were baptized, immersed into Christ, we were immersed, baptized into His death. Why is that? Listen, you had to be in Christ on the cross. That's where He identified Himself with you. He didn't, listen, He didn't just die for me, but I died with Him. His representation of you and me was so well, when God the Father saw His Son dying for you, He represented you in such a degree that He saw you dying with Him. When Adam sinned, the Bible says we all fell into sin. That's why we're all born sinners, because God is all about the identification thing. There's only been two men that's ever walked on the earth that were here without the help of being uh, reproduced after men. First one was Adam, the first Adam. And Jesus is classified as the last Adam. There's a first and a last. There won't be another one. First, and The first Adam created, formed of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils by the Lord, giving us his spirit. And then we disobeyed God, fell into sin. And so Jesus, the last Adam, shows up. we got to get out of Adam because all that die in Adam die in their sins, eternally separated from God. And we've got to find a way to get out of Adam, the first Adam, and into the, the last Adam, and that is by immersion into his death, the Bible teaches. Because that's what he did to get us out. We had to die, amen? We had to die to the Adam's monstrous family, if I might this morning. We had to die to the Adam's family and be made alive to God's family in Christ. And the way that happens is death. We had to die. Well, guess what? Jesus did it for us. When, when God saw Adam sin, He saw the whole human race as sinners. When God saw His Son dying, He saw whosoever will ever believe in Him being made alive through His death. Hallelujah. That's good news. We could stop right there. You can tell I'm feeling better, can't you? <laughs> you could stop right there, and that'd be enough for today. It's You were baptized into His death. So when you see the, the, the letters in Him, of Him, uh, uh, not just I in, but anything about us being in Christ, I can do all things through Christ. It's speaking of the cross. Because there you were placed in Him. The Holy Spirit, listen carefully, the Holy Spirit, it's the operation of God, the Bible calls it. The Holy Spirit took you and immersed you into Christ's death. Placing us into the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ because we've been born again. We died unto sin. We've been made alive unto God in Christ. That means through His death. Don't ever forget Romans 6.3. If you're sitting under a preacher that's preaching Romans 6.3 is water baptism, you're sitting under someone that the law is speaking to him and speaking to you through him. Mm, think about that. 
It's not talking about water baptism. It's talking about death baptism. He died, and we were immersed into his death. That's what Romans 6, 3 tells us. So, and I'm going to give you two or three other scriptures about baptism, about being baptized in him. You can take notes, write it down, whatever you want to do. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. The way we begin to drink of the Spirit of God is by the Spirit of God baptizing us into the body of Christ. And when you think about the body of Christ, you think about it two ways. You think about it as the church functioning as a living body, the body of Christ. We are His body. He speaks through us. He touches through us. He works as a co-laborer. We work as co-laborers with the Lord. But the other way we look at the body of Christ is the way that it took for us to be saved. That's why Paul would write to the church in Corinth, many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. Well, they're not discerning what actually happened at the cross, and they're also not discerning the function and the activity of the Lord's body today. Most of the church, 99.9% of the church today, is walking in works under law. They've gone back under law. You give them a book and a program, they'll get all excited about it. You give them the message of the cross, they'll run, say, I don't need it, I've already heard that. Hmm. They're not discerning. And there is no spirit of discernment without true faith. And true faith is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave Himself for us. True faith works by that love. If it's not that love, it's not true faith. If it's not faith in the cross, then it's faith in something we're doing. Amen. So let me read that again. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's the Holy Spirit took us, baptized us by our faith in Christ Jesus. That means in what He did on the cross. And let me just, I just got to say this, the only in place is in His death. If you say today, well, my faith is in Christ, that better, that better mean in His death. The only in place is in His death. Well, I believe Jesus is... My faith is in the resurrection. Well, I believe Jesus is resurrected from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father. But listen, the Lord's given us one object as humanity from the very first in the Garden of Eden up until this day, even as New Testament ministers, one object of faith, and that's the sacrifice of Christ. It's the sacrifice that justified you. Amen. It's the sacrifice that took the power of death away from the devil. It's the sacrifice through which righteousness came. Galatians 2 and 21. I think I might have said 5 and 21 a while ago. It's 2 and 21. I say a lot of wrong things. That's all right. I should just get right here my new name, Flaw. I got, I'm full of them. Amen. Glory to God. But, but we got to remember that the, the, it, the, the word in, 
in. If you're talking about in Christ, my faith is in Christ, bless God. It better be in the cross or it's not in Christ. The in place is in His death. Okay. So, here's Romans 13, 12 through 14. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. He's talking to the church here. He ain't talking to a lost world. Well, bless God, I ain't got no, I ain't got no works of darkness. Listen, well, I hope you don't. <laughs> but I also know the smell of self-righteousness. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Remember that. Let us put on the armor of light. Talking to the church here. So this proves right here, it ain't a one-time deal. It's a one-time deal that got you saved and got you in, but it ain't a one-time deal. When you came in, you when you got saved, you were wearing the armor of light because your faith is in what armed you. You stepped into the light in your walk with the Lord running this race. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another. Hallelujah. You, you, when, you, when you were born again, you were armed with this light. So don't forget that. Let us put on the armor of light, but you still daily got to put it on. Okay, so let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Why some, why we got to be told that? Because that is a possibility for all of our lives if we don't put on daily. And it, this proves that it has to be daily because if it didn't, if it was a one-time deal, you're armed in the armor of light. Glory to God. You, you just, all you are is holy now. You, you know, that's pretty much what those false grace teachers are teaching. They're not differentiating, differentiating between your position with Christ in Christ and your actual experience here. And if your experience, your, your condition was just like your position here, just get rid of that scripture. We don't need it, Jeff. We ain't got to worry about no wantonness. We ain't got to worry about no, what else was it, uh, envying a strike? Cause that's just not a possibility. I'm holy, glory. And there's people out there teaching that. Well, that's why we don't repent from our sin, because there must not be any. Now, if there's sin, repentance is required. Amen. Amen. See how stupid we can get. Okay, verse 14. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now, notice he he says in verse... uh, for 12, put on the armor of light. In verse 14, he says, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're born again. Now look back at Galatians 3.27. He says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now let me, let me share something. It might be silly to us, but I don't know how, how, how other people are going to think about this. They're probably going to get mad. And I heard my son Andrew say this five years ago, and I'd never had the thought. The Lord reminded me of it this morning, uh, and I added it in my notes, and he, he reminded me, Andrew's the one that, that told you that, Dad. <laughs> think about this. 
These people that are out there, and again, we're talking about law. That's why this book was written. This letter was written to the churches in Galatia. They're being pulled out by the drove under the law. And God can't work under the law. He only works under grace. So think about this. If being baptized in a water tank is what got you to put on Christ, then we better have one every morning by the bed. See how stupid we can be. And Andrew said that in Mississippi about five years ago. He said, and just up there, it blew me away out there. And I was praying. It was the first time he preached in, in Itabina, Mississippi, at Pastor Wayne Voss's church. And I was sitting there on the front row saying, Lord, help him. Lord, this is his first time. He spoke on Main Street, but I was like, oh, Lord, help him. Don't let him be too nervous. And Lord, help him to say the right things. And you know how dad would be. And he gets up there and he, he starts out and he had a, a full house. I preached the next night, had about a quarter of that. And he, he got up there and opened his Bible and looked up. And he said, I believe the Lord wants to heal some people tonight. And they just flooded the altar right then. And he went to praying for people. And, and then he, then he, after that, he just preached the word. And this is part of what he preached. And I, you know what I did the whole service? I sat there and cried on the front row like a big baby. Lord, I, I, I guess you answered my prayer. Maybe you didn't need it. Which one was it? <laughs> Cause he got up there and preached. And he said this right here. He said, if, if people are teaching water baptism is what saved us and put us in Christ, then when you get down here and it says you got to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, that means we got to be baptized in water every day. And it was just like, ding the light, man. So silly. We can be so silly. The Bible tells us here in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 27, as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And if Paul teaches elsewhere that we need to put Him on daily, that don't mean we need to go back to the water tank. That means we need to carry our faith back and maintain our faith in what got us in Christ, clothed with the righteousness of Christ. Amen. And that was faith in the death of Jesus. See how so silly we can be so silly. Oh, my Lord, we can be silly. And so, the Lord, you know, the Lord has done an amazing thing. And I, and I think of, when I think of what the Lord did back during the flood of Noah, uh, that was an immersion. Can I get a witness? God immersed this earth. He baptized this earth. He baptized everything on this earth. He flooded it. And that's what the, when the Lord floods something, and He's flooded us with His goodness. Amen. He's flooded us with His mercies and grace. He's flooded us. And He flooded us when He sent His Son to us. He's flooded us with His righteousness, His everything. It's like a flood of blessings. I know we sing some old hymn. Uh, what's that song? There shall be showers. Not, let me tell you something. The, the man, I'm, when God gave Jesus, there ain't no showers. When God gave Jesus, He it flooded the 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 flood. The windows of heaven opened up. I'm telling you. And listen, even the 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 the, the deep opened up and released its prisoners. Think about that. When God sends the rain, man, it's going to rain from above. It's going to rain from within. Think about that. When God sent Jesus, 
We're talking about immersion right here in the Scriptures. We've been baptized into Christ. As many have been baptized into Christ, we've put on Christ. It reminds me of a Scripture. Can we look at it this morning? Uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 22. And some of you, all of you probably heard this in my righteousness messages here some time ago. But watch this in Romans chapter 3, verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Now watch these two things I want you to see this morning. Unto all and upon all. Them that believe, for there is no difference. And he goes into talking about no difference between the Jew and the Greek and all that. But I, I want us to see this morning, righteous, the righteousness of God is not only to you, He wants to... Make it upon you. He, that's what this scripture means. We have put on, what does it mean to put on Christ? We've put on His righteous robe. He's robed us in His right. It don't mean you're, you're functioning in the skin and the bone. No, it means that He has clothed you in His righteousness. It is to you and it is upon you. <coughs> and if you've been born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but you have to keep your faith there for it to be upon you in a, in a fruitful manner. Amen. You understand that? Amen. To you and upon you. Who you are now, inside who you really are, is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But the Lord also has robed you with righteousness so the world can see you're the very expression of His righteousness. I'm telling you, when God saved you, He flooded you in and without. Hallelujah. He saved you inwardly, and one day you're even going to have a body that testifies of that, not just a, a, a robe. You know, Andrew was talking about yesterday, telling me and his mother that, you know, somebody was asking about him, saying, he's, he's not like all, all these other boys that I've known. He's, there's something about him. And then some kid walked up and heard it and said, yeah, there's like a light shining on him. And, and I told him, I said, yeah, don't forget you ain't better than nobody. It's just, that's, that's, he, and he knew that, but I mean, I'm just daddy throwing in wisdom every once in a while. <laughs> but he knows that, but it's, 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 when you're living for the Lord, there's just something on you. This is what it is. You've been made the righteousness of God. It's who you are now. But if you keep your faith in the cross and you're walking in this truth, it is Something they can't explain, but it's on you. It's not what the flakes out there and the charismatic and weirdness of the church. Oh, if you just walk down the aisle at Walmart, he's so anointed, people just fell out by the pork and bean. Stupid. The fruit, the expression of Christ is what the Lord wants the world to see. Not that you're so powerful, you're so somebody that, that you know, it's not about you, it's about Him. Yes, it we need to remember that. Yes, right. Genesis uh, 7-11, remember that, 7-11, let's look over this morning, prove a little point here. Genesis 7-11, just remember the old 7-11 store? Uh-huh. Genesis 7:11. This is back when God was going to flood the earth, immerse, baptize the earth. Watch this. Genesis 7:11.
In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. That means even the water in the earth began to come up from the earth. Didn't just flood from the sky. It flooded from the earth. God flood, when God floods, it comes from everywhere. Watch this. And the windows of heaven were opened. Think about that. When God immerses, He completely immerses. When God saves, He completely saves. When He makes you righteous, He completely makes you righteous. When He justifies you, He completely justifies you. If you're, try, if you're being taught you've got to work to finally reach a place of justification, which is what all the cults in the world believe, and a lot of the church is falling into, like the Galatians. Then you're sitting under the law. And God can't work under the law. All He can do for you is what He did when you were under the law, is point you back to the gospel. The avenue by which righteousness comes. The gospel. Outside of the gospel alone, we're under law. We can go back to it. Amen? And I wanted us to see these scriptures this morning about baptism, about being immersed. When God immerses, when God baptizes, it's a complete work. That's why we don't, we don't sprinkle in baptism and, and when we get baptized. Because it, when you die, they don't sprinkle a little dirt on you. They, they dig a hole and put you in it and cover it up. Don't want none of smell of none of that old dead person. And that's the same way we don't, that's why when we get water baptized, although it doesn't save, it's symbolic of what did save us. And that was we died with Christ. We were buried with Him. We were resurrected with Him. Praise God. And Jesus, talking about this immersion, when Jesus died and was resurrected, it was so powerful. It was the windows of heaven opened up. God's arm reaching down, ripping the veil from top to bottom. Jesus Jesus going into paradise, getting them out, bringing them out. I'm talking about it rained from heaven. You're talking about a latter rain. It flooded from heaven when the blood of Jesus was shed. It was so powerful that even up from the deep came the living out of paradise. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. You're talking about some good stuff. Mm. And Paul goes on to say here, in verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, because you're all one in Christ Jesus. Now, there's too much division and there's too much hierarchy, that's how you say that big word, in the church. It's Huge in the Philippines where I just went. It, I mean, it's bad everywhere in the world, but in the Philippines, uh, most of the, not all, but most of the, almost all the preachers over there, really their focus is having uh, preachers under them. My Lord, that's, thank God for who He sends, but I ain't begging for nothing. And you know, I'm not looking for that. If God wants to bless us, I, that's fine. But, there's too much division. In it. Well, that's a woman. Oh, that's a black. Oh, that's a, uh, he ain't got no money. Oh, he got too much money. We, and you've heard me say it for years. There's just too, there's, there's no unity in the church because only the message of the cross can bring the proper unity. There's room at the cross for everybody. There ain't room at the white church for a black church if it's all about white. There ain't room at the rich church if it's all about that. For a poor man, there's not, ri there's not room everywhere for everybody except at the cross. 
If the message is the cross, you'll have all colors, all statuses there. That's just the way it'll be. You've heard me say it for years. You got your black church, your white church, your Mexican church. You, you got your uh, uh, poor church, your rich church, your dignified church. You got all it. You, you got your uh, biker church. Now, bless God, Yahoo Buckaroo. You got your cowboy church, and, and we come by, and they got their rodeo arenas, and they got their dust stirred up, and they got their wranglers and cowboy hats, and their little black statues out in front of their church of a cowboy kneeling in front of a cross. And, now, they got all kind of words as to why they have to start a whole another stereotypical dividing ministry. But in all reality, it's just because they don't understand the Bible. I guess I could go out and start a blonde-haired, blue-eyed. They couldn't nobody say nothing to because we got the cowboy church, we got your, your biker church, we got your all kind. Well, I can start a blonde head, blue eyed church. If I want to get stereotypical, but the Bible, I got a Bible. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. Now this does not mean my wife is a man. If it meant that, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't mean that foolish things. It means in Christ, the place we walk, the place we live, the way we function and treat each other, love each other. That if we walk in that place, then we're just one body. If that's where we live, you think about that. If if we realize, if I realize that that that. Brother Jeff is a part of my body that I'm a part of. I'm not going to do anything to hurt him. That's just, that's, that's in, in God's eyes, that's like me taking a hammer and holding it on the wall and intentionally hitting that, ha- that thumb with a hammer. Because that's my body right there. I'm telling you, my back and my stomach this morning... <laughs> I was having some issues. I don't hardly ever have anything wrong with me. But this morning, I was sweating all over. And Tracy and, and, and uh, Terry prayed for me over there. And, and uh, I've been praying for myself. And y'all did too. And I'm telling you, Amen. go through some things sometimes. But the Lord, we just keep believing the Lord. Amen. Amen. If we're walking in this place, I'm telling you, it can take you out of, it can take you out of commission. It can put you out of, it can put you over in an isolated place. If we realize that Kathy back there is my sister. She's, listen, she's not just my sister. She's a part of the body I'm in. I ain't talking about no crossway church thing. I'm talking about the body of Jesus Christ. I'm, we, we're so much of a body, we can't be separated. But we we work hard to divide ourselves. Or we'll let a little old, uh, a little old look in somebody's eye cut up. That's it. I'm out of here. Or we'll have a luncheon and and there was so much food they didn't eat any of my cornbread. I ain't going back to that church. They don't they don't trust my cooking. <laughs> you know, I mean, it don't take nothing today. They got my seat. Don't they know I've been sitting right there for five years? I. I, I See, it's all about me, 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 me. Amen. But you're as much of the body of Christ as I am. Anybody that's saved is as much the body as anybody else. Amen. Now, we all 
sometimes want to be a different part of the body. But we are just be thankful we're a part. Amen. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at times a mouthpiece for the body of Christ. Uh, in my life and ministry, I've also, and even now, I also serve as an intestine occasionally. The part that's nasty and not seen and behind the scenes and doing things that nobody knows I do to keep this place running and, 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 and ministering to people in places where other people don't get to minister to people. And it, it's behind the scenes. It's not seen like your old intestines in there. They're not seen, but guess what? They're as important as anything else you got. Without them, you're going bye-bye. Mm-hmm. So... When we look at each other, we need to see that, yes, my wife is, is a woman, thank God. But in Christ, we're one. That's why Peter would write and say, look, if you don't treat your wife right as an heir of the goodness of God's grace along with you, your prayers are going to be hindered. Why? Because if I'm, if I'm treating her wrong, I'm treating myself wrong. Somebody asked me after church Wednesday night, why do you think God didn't take Job's wife? I said, well, I don't really know the answer to that, but if you think about the way God sees a husband and a wife, He sees them as one. And He told the devil He couldn't take Job's life. And Job's life consisted of a wife. And when God sees a, a, a married couple, He only sees one. Amen. So that may be the answer, but we are one with our spouse. One in the eyes of God. We might not act like it, but we don't we all the time, but neither does the body of Christ. Now, let's try to finish this today in two minutes and fifty two seconds. And if you be Christ, how many of us are Christ? If we're born again, we're Christ. Then you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Now here the Bible is telling us, now here we're coming back to something uh, that Paul speaks heavily of, and that's identification and unity. Here we're being told in the Word of God that if we're Christ, and it probably could be rendered since you are Christ's, because he is talking to a saved church, since you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. But if you back up to verse 16 in this same chapter... Paul has said that the seed is Christ. Look at this in verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He did not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. But in verse 29 he says, if you're Christ, since you're Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Well, which one is it? There's got to be a contradiction here. The seed is Christ or the seed is you as a believer in Christ. No, it's one because when the Father sees Jesus, He sees us. Jesus is the head of the body that we are. Amen. A head ain't a head without a body. And a body can't function without a head. Let me say it another way. A head can't function without a body, and a body can't function without a head. It takes two. But this is so powerful to me because the seed is Christ, 
But Paul tells us we're the seed because we're Christ's. It's always because we're Christ. That's the way the Lord sees us as we're Christ. He's the one that purchased us with His own blood. We're His body and we're one body. We have one head and one body, even though there are many members of your body and the body of Christ. You ain't got but one head on your shoulders. If you had two, I'd probably say, I need you to leave. Anything with two heads is a monster, they always told me. Amen. So this is, again, Paul bringing us back to our identity through immersion, baptism into Christ, having put on Christ, we're one with Christ, and we should be one with each other. But I know we still live in a flesh body. So that's why faith in the cross is necessary, because through faith in the cross, that which initially put Christ on you, daily, if you take your cross up, you will daily be able to put on that armor of light, put on Christ, and we can love each other, amen, and be found walking in the will of God. Well, praise God, it was a great hour worth of uh, teaching this morning. Please do me a great favor, share the broadcast on social media. We love you, and until next week, nope, we won't be here next week, because we'll be in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at International Youth Conference. And on Friday, that Friday, next Friday at 3 p.m., I'll be doing a workshop. So if you're there, I look forward to seeing you. Until I see you again here week after next, stay determined to know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified.